Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, all. It is I. Anthony, the Canadian guy, and welcome to WrestleSode, the solution to your wrestling information problems. WrestleSode is a member of the Win Column Sports Network, so remember to check us out at wincolumnsports.ca to be kept up to date on everything happening here in Alberta in the world of wrestling. Today, I am honking with the Canadian goose. That is right. I am bringing you my interview with Kyle Shaw, obviously one of my favorite people in wrestling. Such a nice guy. Uh, I can't wait to bring you this guy's interview. It's just It's just like me just chatting with a friend. Obviously, well, I was chatting with a friend. That's how it actually is. But anyways, let's bring you that interview. But before we get into that here today obviously COVID-19 still running rampant around the world so everybody I hope is still practicing social distancing and uh you know using this time to try new things I tried making bread it didn't turn out very well on a couple of different occasions but hey I've tried and I'm still continuing to try so I hope you're trying some new things so let's get straight into this interview here with the Canadian Goose but before we do let's hear from our sponsors over at the Wind Column Sports Network and then our interview with the Canadian Goose When things aren't going right for your team, you scream at the television. When things are going right, you throw up a fist pump. The Win Column Sports Network puts your passion into words. Along with our affiliates Below the Ice, Duncan Duma, and Backbreaker Media, the Win Column Sports Network provides professional-level coverage of semi-professional franchises, athletes, and organizations in Edmonton. Get in the Win Column with a fan's perspective on local sports with stories you can only find online at wincolumnsports.ca. Hey everyone, Anthony back. I am joined with one half of the RCW Tag Champions, the Canadian Goose, Kyle Shaw. How are you doing today, buddy? I'm doing really good, bud. How are you? I'm doing fantastic, man. I'm always really excited to chat with you. I've said it on multiple occasions. You're obviously one of my favorite people. So every time I get to sit down with you and chat, oh, I'm super excited. Well, I'm I'm happy that you're so stoked to uh, have me on the show. <laughs> so um, I'm, I'm stoked to be here. I, I like I don't get to be the one getting podcasted yeah as much as i am usually the one doing the podcasting obviously the host of monday night shaw over there still also on the wind column sports network where you can get oh, up yeah. to date on everything happening here in alberta <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about kyle shaw so you are the canadian goose you have obviously a really cool story when it comes to the world of transitioning into the world of wrestling and we will definitely get into that but let's start back all the way at the beginning Kyle, buddy, how did you get into the world of wrestling to begin with? How did you start falling in love with wrestling? Um, honestly, I was watching Monday Night Raw one day, and there was this big mystery going on. It was like, who is the leader of Undertaker's faction? And then it turned out it was Vince McMahon. Oh, the corporate ministry? When they yeah. Were, yeah. It was like, oh. it was me, Austin. It was me the whole time. <laughs> it was me all along, right? And yeah. I was just like, I watched it. I was like, oh, I'm watching this every week from now on. I was right there with you. I was watching at that exact same time. I loved the ministry and how it turned into the corporate ministry and all that kind of stuff. Oh, oh super compelling stuff. Like oh, right yeah. then, uh, like the next pay-per-view was the one where uh, Steve Austin won control of the company in a ladder match or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got to say Attitude Era, it was really fun for uh, like the way it would tell stories, not necessarily the stories it would tell in terms of the content sometimes especially now in 2020. But man, the Attitude Era was a fun time to live through as a kid. Yeah, it's kind of like that South Park era of professional wrestling as far as like my nostalgia goes for it. It's like, oh, maybe this is like inappropriate, but boy, it's sure fun to watch. Oh, yeah. I mean, you and me are probably about the same age, I would assume. We're probably within at least a couple of years of each other. So I'm assuming you and me had that very similar childhood where we're like, we grew up and like South Park came out and wrestling was awesome. And like Beavis and Butthead was there and and everybody's watching Ren and Stimpy. And oh, man, good times. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, uh, I I honestly like was never like a huge South Park guy or anything, mm-hmm. but like I enjoyed the movie. Oh, yeah. Well, a lot of good music that, in that the, movie. Their <laughs> new video game, The Stick of Truth, was fantastic as well. Was that? The, yeah, I played The Stick of Truth, but there was one that came out after that. I can't remember what it was, yeah, but I didn't play that butthole. one. <laughs> I've got that one too, but I haven't played it as much as like the, the, the Stick of Truth. I played almost the whole way. Th- uh, no, I did. I finished the game. 
That was a Which fun is game. Really yeah. weird for me. I, I'm I'm normally the kind of guy who I like wrestling video games, mm-hmm. so I play that a lot. But anything else, it's like, oh, I'll play it for an afternoon, maybe two afternoons in a row, and then just I won't ever play it again. And uh, or or I'll play it again, but it won't be for like six months. I've restarted Red Dead Redemption at least four or five times, just because by the time I pick it up and try to play it again, I'm like, how do I play this? I have no idea, so I have to go back to the start and learn how to play the game, the game from the tutorials again. I completely understand the same way with things like Stardew Valley and City Skylines XL and stuff. I just go back, what was I doing in this again? But uh, so, what kind of wrestling games did you play? Can you give us some of your favorites? Oh, my favorites. Uh, like, I mean, WrestleMania 2000 was probably the first Best one game. where I was like, "Oh shit, I need to get this." Best game. I got that on my <laughs> shelf right over there. I was uh, super obsessive about getting that, and then. Uh, Somebody broke into my house and stole my Nintendo 64. Uh, there was like a robbery at my house. Sorry. Um, yeah, well, it sucked, but it, I mean, I just was happy I wasn't at home right. when these no, robbers broke in. Absolutely. But anyway, um, my mom decided she would buy me another game console. And so she got me a PlayStation. And then I got uh, the SmackDown video games and got into those. And then eventually I bought myself another Nintendo 64 and got WWF No Mercy. And so No Mercy, no, I think No Mercy and Here Comes the Pain are like my all time two favorites. Totally understandable. Well, now that I know you liked WrestleMania 2000 so much, because I always told the amazingness of WrestleMania 2000. Next time I'm bringing an N64 when I, when I go up to Edmonton and we're going to play some. <laughs> Solid. I actually, I think I have a Nintendo 64 here. Like I have a lot of video games. Let me know. I've got three N64s just in case. So you just let me know. The, thing, the problem with the <laughs> Nintendo 64s is they don't like to hook up to the modern TVs very well. No, not at all. I actually have an old school TV and then, like, that I use even for if it. you do get them, uh, if if you do get it hooked up to your HD TV, oh, it looks like garbage. Yeah, it, it looks, looks horrible. horrible. Yeah, but okay. So let's talk video games aside. So you you grew up, you were watching wrestling as a kid. Uh, so what made you kind of fall in love? How, like, how did you get in touch with like I guess you could say the local scene here in wrestling? Uh, in Alberta. Yeah. Um. Well, because I first got started in wrestling in like 2005 Mm -hmm. in uh victoria like there was a local company there called uh victoria city wrestling it was run by a vid vein um the cremator was also like one of the guys that was there uh machete brown there was a guy called the canadian wolf (laughs) Uh, uh, i remember that um yeah, there was a lot of like just like small town indie guys, right, doing these shows in Victoria. And I eventually just like me and my buddies were doing like backyard wrestling at my house at the time. I mean, I'm not I'm not condoning backyard wrestling or whatever, but like boys will be boys. It so was we're a different there. time. We, I did it too. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're out there having fun, you know, and uh, we would film film these matches in my backyard that were all terrible, awful matches that nobody should ever watch. There's no psychology whatsoever. Um, but anyways, uh, I got it in my head. I was like, oh, well, we film our backyard shit all the time. I'll just message the, the promoter and see if he wants to, us to come and maybe we can film the show and do some commentary or something, right? Mm-hmm. But he was like, oh, no, we already got guys doing that stuff. But if you want to come help out, come help out. So I uh, ended up uh, going and helping out. And I became like, uh, he called me the ring manager because I was kind of like, one of the guys that was always there setting up the ring and then uh, I would put up posters and just be like this random helper guy that would just do whatever they needed me to do. Just the time, for the love right? of the business kind of a thing. Yeah. It wasn't like I wasn't a performer in the shows or anything up, up until like the very like last show. And then he uh, like he didn't tell me it was going to be the last show, but it was ended up being the last show he had me do like a in the ring like interview mm-hmm. like i was like michael cole and i approached the, the one of the wrestlers after the match and was like oh what did you think of what happened or whatever then the, the wrestlers uh you know naturally beat me up and then i got saved so that was that was my first uh time performing uh in the ring do you remember was, who you interviewed that very first time uh, yeah, the first time it was a guy named Sweet Daddy Devastation. <laughs> uh, he was the current NWA Canadian heavyweight champion at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, and uh, so I interviewed him. He uh, gave me a clothesline, and then Vidvane came out and saved me. 
But uh, they told me that it didn't make TV because of the time restraints and stuff. And it was like it was around the holidays when they were doing this because this was going to be on local television. Wow. Okay. In Vancouver, Victoria. Um, But, you know, it probably was because I sucked and, (laughs) 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 you know, it was terribly unusable footage. But uh, anyway, that was my first uh, foray. So then when I actually did get to Alberta, um, I pretty much just offered up my services to help out at shows, right? Uh, I was like, I can do music. I can help set up rings. I can help drive the boys back and forth to the hotel, whatever you need. Like, you know, a squig was like, oh, come on down and lend a hand. Uh, my first RCW show was at the Festival Hall in uh, February of 2015, I believe. Mm-hmm. And uh, I worked uh, the music. And that was the night that Jesse Neal dove off the balcony at Festival Hall onto Whoa. like uh, eight wrestlers. One of them was be- was an Italian ripoff of the Big Boss Man. It was fantastic <laughs> stuff. La Basso Mano. <laughs> no, so- I'm not even shitting you, man. That's exactly what his gimmick was. He was an Italian guy who kind of looked like a Big Boss Man. Yeah. That's awesome. And he, he straight up wore Big Boss Man gear. Like old school police big boss man, not prison guard attitude era big boss man. That's awesome. Oh, it was so good. (laughs) So I want to pull us back about two minutes from what you said because I have a follow-up question. So when are we going to see the tag team match of Sweet Daddy Devastation and Sweet Daddy Soul versus the Canadian Goose and the Canadian Wolf? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm not sure if Sweet Daddy Devastation or the Canadian Wolf are still active now. Uh, It wouldn't surprise me. They weren't old dudes at the time or anything. Um, But uh, anytime, I'd be happy to uh, to do that. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna arrange that match. The uh, the Canadians versus the Sweet Daddy. It's gonna be a little bit of a (laughs) strange bedfellows there. Sweet Daddy Soul and Sweet Daddy uh, Devastation. Nothing. Nothing at all alike. Oh, I couldn't imagine probably <laughs> how would Sweet Daddy Devastation would be like compared to Sweet Daddy's soul. <laughs> but I mean, they got to be called the Sweet Daddies though, right? Oh, of, of course. Of course they got to be the Sweet Daddies. <laughs> all right. So you started working in RCW. We come back, you know, you worked with uh, Steven Stiles, Squig, and, uh, you know, you helped out a little bit. How did that transition into eventually kind of working as a ring announcer? Uh, that happened just cause like, like I say, I would just help out uh, all the time at Red Deer shows. Uh, eventually Squig was like, oh, well, do you want to come and help in Edmonton and stuff? And so I'd go up to Edmonton once in a blue moon. And then eventually, uh, Squig and Jesse Neal were driving outside of Red Deer one day and they just were like, oh, hey, Kyle, uh, do you want to go for lunch? Me and Jesse Neal are going for lunch or whatever. I was like, yeah, fucking hey, I'll go, you know, hang out and have lunch with semi-famous professional wrestlers you know <laughs> that sounds like a good time to me right. so uh I, I think i might have actually like saved him that day too like his car broke down and i went and like brought him some fluid or something i don't know but uh anyway he was like well what do you want to do kyle do you want to be like a wrestler uh do you want to be a, a ring announcer or a referee or anything like that i was just like yeah i'd like to try any anything like that and uh then one day he was like Got a message out of the blue. Hey, I need an announcer in Calgary tonight. Are you down? And I was like, uh, yeah, absolutely. So I went to Calgary. I uh, ring announced on my first show. I remember um, Blaze and Dick was the uh, tag team champs at the time. Right. And they were also the tag team champs in like 16 other promotions across <laughs> Canada. Right. Had me list every promotion that they were tag team champions for on my first <laughs> night. They gave me like a two paragraph speech to, to, to recite in the ring. I think they were just like messing with me, just trying to see just if I could do it. Just this break, you kind of a thing. Yeah, like like oh, welcome to the business. But <laughs> I, I mean, it was great that they challenged me like that on the first night. I mean, by the end of the night, uh, Scott Lee Crew uh, had decided I sucked, and he took over um, by the end of the night. But I got another chance, and then I got another chance, and then you know, uh, fourth or fifth time, people were actually starting to go, oh, maybe he's not bad at this. And then uh, eventually people were like, oh, Kyle's like one of the best string announcers in the province. Yeah. 100%. I mean, like when I think back to RCW, I consider you still the voice of RCW. So um, for me, it was kind of weird because like your transition from ring announcer to wrestler uh, happened while I was having a baby. So like when I came back, I was like, who's the goose? Like what's what? <laughs> yeah. I, uh, Backbreaker Media apparently is airing my first match ever today. Uh, I don't know how to feel about that. I mean, like I'm, 
I'm very happy that that they're advertising the show as oh remember this show from Lakeland Pro Wrestling it's known to be the show where the Canadian Geese debuted and I'm like oh that's that's cool that they advertise the show that way but it's a fucking terrible match. <laughs> well, tell us about the match. What happened in the match? Uh, I just wasn't like I was definitely not ready for prime time at that point. I had like a uh, about a month of wrestling training in at that point, so I was like super not ready. But it was one of those situations where they were just like, "Oh well, it's going to be off in this uh, you know little little small little town where if you mess up, it's not really going to be a big deal." You know what I mean? Right. And it was also like one of the guys. Uh, it was me versus Steven Styles versus Eddie Rude. And it was supposed to just be uh, Stephen versus Eddie, but Stephen uh, told me that he wasn't feeling very good and that it would be beneficial to him if somebody else came in to like take the majority of the bumps and stuff. Right. Yeah. So that ended up being my uh, role in the match. And I was super nervous about it, too, because about four days before that, I uh, was in training and I separated my shoulder Ooh. when I botched a uh, I botched taking a back body drop. Mm -hmm. And like, it was really bad. Like I, I, it was just in severe pain for a long time. And I mean, I was just trying, I was just, but I was dead set on wrestling and I was like, I'm not going to let this, you know, injury hold me back. So I like put a piece of tape around my one arm there and was like, yeah, this arm is the one that's uh, kind of buggered up. Please don't hurt my arm you know right and i went to the ring and then like a month later i just got so sick and tired of it being sore all the time and just trying to tough guy it that i went to the doctors and they were like oh yeah you have a uh separated shoulder and you need physical therapy and it's like oh jesus like you really did was, a number on yourself Kyle. i was i was really like thinking oh my god like you know my career could be over for a couple of months or whatever but anyway i just kind of just pushed through it and did what i could you know how you feeling these days uh, my shoulders all right. My uh, my knees are a little bit uh, iffy because uh, also in that one match, if you do end up watching it on Backbreaker Media, uh, you'll notice there's one spot where I go for a double lax handle off the middle rope, and then when I landed, I kind of landed like awkwardly on my one knee, like it was like straight legged or whatever. Right. And so like I I immediately like tweaked out my knee and and like blew my knee out and. My knee has never been the same since. And then a couple months later, because again, I was like, well, I'm not going to let this injury stop me from wrestling. So I'm just going to keep going. Uh, I ended up because I was compensating so much with the other knee, that one ended up getting hurt. So both my knees are kind of uh, buggered up, but I have some uh, really excellent uh, knee braces and stuff that I wear to the ring. So um, usually, uh, usually my knees are okay. Good. Awesome. So how did, I, I just got to know, how did you become the Canadian Goose? How did that all start? Okay, that's a good story um, because, I mean, I've told that one before. Um, I was training with Andrew Hawks, right? We were training in, uh, he had uh, a ring he had bought. It was set up in his backyard. Um, and so I'd go there every day and just train with him. And he was like, well, what do you want to do, like, out of wrestling? Like, I was just kind of like, well... You know, I, I'm already established as the ring announcer. Maybe one of the guys starts bullying me and, you know, eventually like I bow up to him and we fight. And he was like, Kyle, you're the ring announcer. Who the fuck is going to care about the ring announcer wrestling? I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to swear on your podcast. No, no, it's fine. Go for it. I do on mine all the time. That's fine. Um, see, I'm, so I was like, yeah, you're totally right. So then Andrew Hawks literally says to me, you know what, Kyle, you should do like a masked comedy gimmick like Dead Zone. Which I think is really appropriate since, you know, now me and Dead Zone are kind of paired together. Yeah, as a you guys thing, are right? kind of like a tag champions right now. Yeah, kind of kind of the champs. Um, <laughs> but at that time, he was just like, you should come up with like a, a, a fun masked character. So I go home and I'm sitting there and I, I pop on YouTube or whatever and highlights from a match with uh, Moose from TNA Impact comes on. And it was just his entrance or something. And he's like pumping his arm up and down going, Moose. Right, moose, doing the moose. Moose. And the whole crowd is doing it with him. Like it was super fucking over. Right. And so I was like, oh, what rhymes with moose? <laughs> goose. And yeah, goose came to me. And then I was like, goose. Oh, the Canadian. I'll be ducky, the Canadian goose. And that way people can chant quack, quack, quack at me. And so I went back to uh, Hawks and I told him, oh, what if I'm uh, ducky, the Canadian goose? And he's like, the Canadian goose. 
That is terrible. That's <laughs> awful, Kyle. But it just, it, I just like started doing it anyway and dropped the ducky part. Like right. that was where the ducky thing ended, uh, which I'm kind of glad for. Yeah, I was gonna be oh, like, man. I'm glad you're not the du- I mean, you're not ducky, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, so yeah, then I went off to Bodyville and I I had my first match there, and uh, you know, uh, I eventually was still ring announcing when I had my first match. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't actually start wrestling full time until like last September. Before that, I was still doing ring announcing in Calgary and Edmonton, uh, other than like uh, a very uh, short period of time. Uh, where I was kind of on the outs with a little with the company for a little while, but uh, other than that, I I was doing the ring announcing in Calgary and Edmonton and wrestling on the smaller out of town shows like your Gibbons, Vegervilles, Bicycles, mm-hmm. uh, Bruderheim, Carstairs, Onway. Uh, I've wrestled in all these places, right? Right. Um, uh, Lethbridge. I did Lethbridge. Lethbridge was kind of like the biggest one that I did. Uh, yeah, first PPW, off, like my right? first big show was probably the PPW Power Rumble. Yeah, last year, twenty nineteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was so. Tell us about your experience going down there to Lethbridge because I got to go to the Power um, Rumble this year. That was year. right after I moved in with Squig. Oh, okay. Because uh, yeah. I I was living in Red Deer and then I moved in with Squig, mm-hmm. and uh, he got the booking down there and uh, he had Sydney Steele coming on our shows and. Sydney's the uh, promoter of PPW. Mm-hmm. So he, he asked Squig if Squig wanted to go down and be in this battle royal. And Squig's like, yeah, how about Goose too? And uh, Sydney Steele's like, yeah, Goose can come, but he has to, you know, we're not iron sheiking it here. He's not going to win because he doesn't know how to go over the top rope. <laughs> and I, I, I was like happy to go. So I just, I just <clears throat> went and I actually, by that point, had already been in a battle royal. So I knew how to over the top rope so that wasn't an issue and i had a lot of fun in there it was uh the one time when me and cody chimera squared off because me and him worked together a lot in that right um it it was fun but like i say it was before i did my secondary round of training because up until uh up until september of last year i had only done the three months with hawks because like i said the, the ring was in his backyard so once winter came it, nobody really wanted to wrestle in the snow <laughs> right <laughs> and uh and then Hawks ended up moving back to Newfoundland. So at that point, it was like, well, I know enough that I can be on a show in like a filler, uh, you know, uh, enhancement job guy role, right? Right. Like I knew enough to do that, but I knew if I ever wanted to get any actual better at wrestling, I needed to undertake more training. And so when I had the opportunity to go there and join up with uh, the Force Pro Wrestling guys, um, and train under uh, Michael Richard blaze. It was a complete, like that's, that's what I credit the, the good things that have been happening to me lately too, is that all the effort that was put into going there and training four days a week and just, you know, challenging myself and pushing myself and uh, being supported by the other great students and, and people that were there. And, and Michael Richard blaze, of course, like he's the best guy in Alberta, right? Like it's, it's, it's not really up for debate. Nobody else around here has, been on Monday Night Raw or 205 Live, or at least not in a very long time. You or know NXT I mean? or... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, like, and then, like, I was I was half worried that they were going to, like, just tell me to hit the bricks after the first day or whatever. But, you know, because, like, immediately, like, the first thing I said when I showed up to Force, I was like, oh, they were like, yeah, we're just here to help you sharpen your skills and get better. I was like, oh, that's good, because I really, really, really suck. I <laughs> like I'm the drizzling shits and they all laughed and yeah by the end of the week they were like you're not allowed to call yourself the shits anymore Kyle like you you're you're clearly putting in effort here and you're not as bad or you know you're you're not as, as stupid or whatever as some people may have made you out to be you know fair so, enough so you um, you trained up there in Edmonton obviously getting all those reps in uh yeah yeah Force pro uh, Trained with uh, Force Pro under under Michael Richard Blaze mm-hmm. and Tex Gaines. Um, that was from beginning of September till the end of uh, January, and that worked out really well for you because in October, in December, you got to take place in the clusterfuck. It's not a clusterfuck. It's a tribute match at the Clandestine Society. And uh, yeah. if you wanted to say that you thought you sucked, clearly that's not the case because you won well, that this match. Is, this is one of the things like that I think about now, right? Like. 
I mean, I'm one of the tag team champions right now. And I mean, I'm not going to sit here and blow smoke up anyone's ass and try to be like, like, I'm not anything but humble. But like, the fact of the matter is, if I sit here and tell you that I'm su- uh, that I suck, and I, I'm a shits and I'm a disservice to the business, like, that's a that's an insult to the people that have put me over. Right. So, like, I, I, I'm not going to sit here and just be like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm terrible. And I suck. Like, I, I'm obviously like my I, I know what my strengths are. You know, like and and athleticism is not like my super strength. Mm-hmm. Like it's just I I you know I just try to hide hide my weaknesses and accentuate the positives and stuff. And I just like I just I feel like if I say, oh yeah, I suck and I'm terrible. Like, what does that say to the former RCW champions, right? Right. Like, or what does that or, say or about the championship anybody itself? Anybody that or... we've defended against, and like, yeah, what does it say about myself? And why why would people want to come see me? I mean, come see me because I love to have fun and because wrestling is like the thing I am like the most passionate about in my whole life. And if you get to see me do it, you'll know that while I'm out there, you know, I am I'm I'm doing nothing more than just trying to entertain people. One hundred percent. And it comes across. Obviously, every time you come out there, I'm ready to honk with everybody else, because not only is it one of the greatest it's not only one of the greatest chants, yeah, but it really like gets people into of it. The uh, Daniel Bryan, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, thing, you know, yeah, like exactly. If there was ever a Canadian Goose movement, it would just be the whole crowd honking. The honk movement. The Canadian Goose is like it's a total underdog character, right? Mm-hmm. Which is why, like, I try to say humble, and I would, I would never say that I'm better than anyone else. But I also like, I can't say that I can't sit here and be like, oh yeah, no, I'm, I'm terrible and I suck. No, I, of course I, not. I have limitations and whatnot but i'm i'm going like top talent wrestling academy is opening soon and mm-hmm. i'm already signed up because i want my training to continue and i want to continue getting better that's know? that's a great question i was going to ask about your continued education so you signed up with the new top talent wrestling academy oh of course my horse uh i i actually was the first guy to take a bump in the ring after it was set up well you um, helped set it up too didn't you yeah it was me and a couple other guys went and helped metal set it up the other day and then uh after it was set up like He's like, oh, get in there and take a bump, Kyle. It's bump ready. So I, I went in and, yeah, I was the first guy to take a bump in it. But, I mean, not that that's important. I'm not trying to be braggadocious or anything. I'm just saying, like, that's a cool little thing. I am I got to do a couple of firsts this year. There's a whole bunch of – you were the first person, and I, I pointed this out. You were the first professional wrestler to wrestle and lose, unfortunately, at this specific case. But in Calgary of the 2020s. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, that I is mean, super we, cool. we were actually um, – I I would the following night I was also in the opening match of the card and up in Edmonton. Uh, yeah, in Edmonton, but I think Monster Pro had a show that same night mm. and I believe their show started like a few minutes before ours did. So I don't think I get the the honor of being the first match in Calgary and Edmonton, but I could be wrong. I think you get the honor of being the first professional match in Alberta though. Yeah, that's cool. That's a pretty good one, I would say. The first Albertan wrestling match of the 2020s. Pardon me. No, um, I was talking to Spencer Love. He he uh, sent me a message the other day, and he was telling me the Canadian Goose actually has the best uh, win loss wrestler uh, win loss record in all of Alberta as far as tag team wrestling goes for 2020. That's amazing. I have seven wins and one loss in tag matches. That's so really far good. this year. Uh, we're we're what the third month into the year, mm-hmm. fourth, and Just I've turned had, to fourth. I've, okay, well, I've had. 15 matches already this year that's crazy hey yeah it's it's totally nuts because like if you do think like some of the other shows like pwa runs like what twice a month yeah Uh, i mean and i know lots of their guys get booked in saskatchewan and stuff but like there's lots of guys that are gonna do like that's what uh two shows a month there's 12 months in a year that's 24 shows right i'm already halfway there and monster pro only does like one show a month so I'm already got more matches than a lot of those guys will get all year long. Yeah, you kind of set yourself in a good position, especially being champ. You're moving around everywhere right now. RCW does a great job of that. Where they're, they're RCW just putting is fantastic. And I, like, it's a real bummer that we have had all these cancellations because like, it has gotten to the point now where like, I, I don't make a lot of money wrestling. It's not like a super lucrative endeavor for me. Right. But... Uh, you know, if I do uh four or five shows in a month, that is uh that does supply me with a little bit of money to get through till the end of the week and stuff, right? So that's kind of how I am. Um, how you think about it? Kind you of know, thing. 
well, that's kind of how I'm going about surviving. And right. so when my shows got all canceled, it, it really sucks. Well, I was going to add, you know what? I wanted to start with this, but we're such good friends. I kind of forgot to start with this, but it was, how is the COVID-19 <laughs> situation treating you and affecting you? Like, how are you holding up? Okay. Um, I'm fine. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't believe I have, I'm sick or anything. I haven't had any like symptoms. Uh, I mean, I get a little bit, uh, short of breath sometimes, but I think that's cause I smoke too much pot. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but other than that i've been fine my mom she actually did uh self-isolate for two weeks mm -hmm. and her isolation period just ended okay but i think she was she was totally fine too i think hers was like a false flag like they didn't they didn't she phoned one day because she was under the weather and said hey can i get tested and they were like no we can't spare the tests but if you don't feel good stay home for two weeks and so she phoned her work and told them that's what they said and they said, okay, stay home for two weeks. So yeah. she actually just went back to work on Monday. Wow. Hopefully. But it's 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 wildly, like wildly altering the entire shape of the world. Like the other day I went to a superstore and they tried to make me stand outside in line. So I, because they're only allowing a certain number of people into the store, which I commend. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm not sure if uh, making people stand outside in the cold is a good way to keep people from getting sick. Um, you know what? You it's know. almost like a catch twenty two at that point. It's like what's yeah, worse, the like common cold or COVID at this point, or flu or whatever right? that'll kill you too. Right? Yeah, I mean, flu does kill a lot of people every year. So it's like, almost like a what do you do? Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. Well, it was weird because as soon as I as soon as I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to stand here and wait outside in the cold. Uh, I just went to Walmart, mm -hmm. and Walmart had you just walk right in and seemed to have a lot of people there because I'm sure other people were leaving. Uh, you know, story, and yeah. like I say, I'm not trying to hate on Superstore for no. making me wait outside. Like, I get it. Uh, Best Buy did the same thing. And in fact, because I went over to Best Buy yesterday and I was like going to take a look around and see if there's any new movies or games or anything I wanted to buy. Mm -hmm. And uh, they wouldn't let me in the store. They were like, oh, if you know what you want, we can go in and get it for you and bring it out. But I was like, no, I need to go in and browse <laughs> and see what the prices are like. I I'm spending a fortune on this stuff. Like I wanted to buy like a movie for five bucks or something. <laughs> You're just like, I just want to have a yeah. normal life again. <laughs> and um, the weirdest thing is like WrestleMania is going to be in front of zero people. Like I'll be able to say like after this weekend that I have wrestled in front of more people than res than, than the wrestlers that worked WrestleMania 36 you know that's so weird it's such a weird it's thing but super at the, weird but at the same time it's just like it's like what do you do we're kind of all just stuck inside right now we're all just like well i'm learning yeah. skills i've been baking a lot of bread i've been doing that oh it's, really i made a couple of different types of gravy today just to try out my different types of gravy <laughs> whatever oh, no, you just do I'm different not a huge things fan of gravy. you're not a huge fan of gravy no oh man oh it's me. Just like no friends off friends off goose no i'm just kidding <laughs> All right, I got a couple questions here I want to ask you that we got from uh, Paul over at the YYC Wrestling Hub. Um, oh, oh, shout out to him. I've listened to a couple of your guys' uh, like, uh, show rundowns and stuff, and you guys have been super flattering towards me. I heard you, you say one day that you thought me and Jordan Aries were the top baby faces in the company. It felt I, that I, way. I, I remember that I, comment, I appreciate yeah. you lying to your listeners. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, well, I but mean, no, you can't. That, that was the uh, five way match. And yes. Yeah, no, I got a huge reaction in that match. That yep. was like the biggest reaction I've ever got. Yeah, you and Plastic Pants definitely get huge reactions out of the crowd for sure. 100%. So his question here, I mean, we touched on it a little bit, but I'm not going to. Well, we can say it again. He wants to know about your time transitioning from ring announcer to wrestler. Like, did ring announcing give you an intimate feel of the audience that other wrestlers who became like wrestlers right away just didn't have? Like, did your knowledge of uh, being a ring announcer and how to work a crowd help you out with your transition when it came to working with a crowd? Oh, absolutely. 100%. Especially because, like, I got to the point where I knew I was a good enough ring announcer that I could functionally do like the, the A's and B's of it without problem. So then I started just, you know, started to try to add all some sizzle to the steak, you know, mm -hmm. and you know, I would do a little warm up at the beginning of all my shows where I'd have like one side of the audience do a yay. And then I'd have another side and then I'd, you know, get everybody in the building just to make some noise at the beginning. And that's like, that's crowd work, right? right. Yeah. Uh, also like, I'm used to talking on the microphone now because I did that for two years as the ring announcer in 
in in RCW like you know I was required to cut promos at times and stuff not like the same kind of promo you would cut if you're a wrestler but when you're a ring announcer your whole job is to convey information and get people hyped up to have a good time like that's the entire job of a 100% ring yeah you just it's it's the guy who's like come on everybody let's get further into this kind of a thing uh, absolutely. And I mean, another major help and a major thing I think that played into my, uh, you know, winning over the rest of the locker room and stuff was my involvement in the Archer report. Ah, uh, yeah. When, when Thaddeus, uh, was doing his, uh, his show, right. um, he does it with PWA now, yeah, as opposed to RCW, um, yeah. but it used to be with RCW and, uh, RCW travels a lot. Like, um, and Thaddeus was unable to make the Calgary shows but I went to every show. So Thaddeus knew this and he just asked me one day, he was like, Oh, can you do me an episode of the Archer report when you're in Calgary? So I wrote like a whole script for it and everything. <laughs> like my first one, it was it meticulously written out. And uh, I had all these wild and crazy ideas. Cause I was just like, okay, what is this craziest, most bat shit, like insane stuff he will not see coming. Right. Like he'd been doing this uh, angle where top talent ref- was uh was refusing to wrestle unless they got a rider which is like you know if you're a famous rock band you tell the the promoter of the show oh you better have like a bowl of green m&ms <laughs> or whatever and yeah. like you, you need to have drinks on ice for us in the in the back and some fruit and stuff and i was like okay well they're doing their rider thing what's the most batshit insane stuff i can make them request right and i was like through through some sort of uh contrivance they I, they would tell me, and I, or at least I would hear that they wanted me to get them hookers and blow. <laughs> and so uh, this that's the original first Archer report that I ever did. And the hookers didn't make it into the uh, into the script or into the actual show because they were Thaddeus was like, "Where are we going to find hookers?" <laughs> so that didn't make it in. But I did actually like uh, my like there was a scene where like I pulled out like a a bag of cocaine and handed it off to one of the guys. Right. And uh, Thaddeus got in a lot of trouble for this. Like the night, like after it aired, Squig was like, why the fuck did that? You put that in there. And, blah, 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 blah. and, I, and I, 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 you know, I just moved in with Squig. And so he's telling me this, he's like, well, Thaddeus did this. And blah, blah, blah. I was like, yeah, that was my idea. And he was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> just like, don't do that again. So we, I, I never put any more like, I just thought it was a funny, funny reference and whatnot. It wasn't, but it. I understand why it may not be appropriate for us to be putting that out there. But uh, well, I, guess- I was just trying to do like the most, like I say, batshit insane off the wall, like out of, outside the box stuff you could think of, right? So I did that whole Archer report, and then uh, Thaddeus. He, he 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 thought it was really well done like he thought i did a really good job so it, then it turned out almost every time we would go to calgary until thaddeus left rcw i would host another edition of the archer report i want to go back and watch this one Bonnieville. oh yeah no i hosted i think uh seven or eight episodes that's awesome and the final episode i hosted was one where i was looking to find the canadian goose and do an interview with him in i've seen that one yeah i've seen yeah that one. yeah and I got Dylan Stone to put on the mask at the end. And so there's like this inside joke that, oh, the Canadian goose is not me when in fact it, it was. It was so. indeed Dylan Stone. Well, kind of going along that same um, vulgarity from uh, the, that you did with uh, the Archer Report. His second question I have here is he wants to know where the line you came up with uh Specifically, he wants, and I'll, I'll quote this, you keep bringing dicks in. Well, you know what I do to dicks? I beat them and leave them limp. Okay, the, uh, <laughs> the actual line was, because uh, this was um, in September when I had my first match in Calgary, mm. and it was a semi-main event, and it was me versus heavy metal. But earlier in the night, I had, uh, I, had um, I ring announced the first match, and at the end of the match, Stephen River, Steve Rivers accosted me and beat me up, like shoved me across the ring or something. Mm-hmm. And this was like the third or fourth time I'd kind of gotten beat up in Calgary, right? Like once the guys knew I had training, they were like, oh, let's beat up the ring announcer to get heat, right? Um, so then after Rivers like beat me up again, I just kind of lost my shit and was like, you know, I'm I'm ready to throw down. And so I was... I went and I did this whole promo on Steven Styles. I called Steven to the ring and I was like, uh, you know, you find this real amusing, don't you? You know, you hire all these dicks and bullies. 
you know, this guy beat me up last week. Steve Rivers beat me up here again. Last time I had a broken leg when he beat me up. Uh, and then I said, uh, how about you? And the, all the stuff that went ha- down in Radway when uh, I got hit with the chair and whatnot. Um, uh, and then all the Facebook posts. Because Stephen would constantly make these jokes about me jerking off on Facebook. Like all the time. <laughs> and it got to the point where I like legitimately was hot about it, right? Yo, you actually and, got legit uh, eat. Oh, yeah. I was like, I, I got angry at him. And, and we had a little bit of a blow up, actually. Um, but anyway, so like right after I've like, not right after, but after I've come back to the company and, uh, whatnot, it, he comes to me and he's like, yeah, we're going to go out. Rivers is going to do this. Then you cut a promo about how you're sick and tired of being walked all over and blah, 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 blah. And then you go and have a match with metal. And that was about as brief as it was. Um, so like I was, I was super nervous about the match, but like, I just went to the ring and just started talking and I, you know, this you know, you bring in all these dicks and you know what, if there's one thing that this man will give me credit for, it's beating dicks till they're limp and leak and fluid. Give me a match. <laughs> and uh, you can see it too. Cause I asked uh, like metal and some of the guys like, Hey, will you watch this to just like, tell me or whatever? Like if it's any good and they're all like, yeah. So like, you can see as soon as I say that, like you can see people behind the curtain, like clapping and shit <laughs> and, and like, losing it and i'll be honest like as soon as i he's he's like oh yeah you look at you being a big man now right and i took the mic back and i was like oh you want to see a man tonight you're gonna see the goddamn canadian goose honk 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 and the whole crowd started doing it right and i left and walked through the curtain and immediately there was like half the fucking roster was there and they were all clapping that's it was, it awesome was like standing ovation as soon as i walked back into like the gorilla position or whatever it was it was like one of the best feelings i've ever felt uh being a professional wrestler because like that was the first night where it was like i felt like a, a star part of the show you know like i wasn't just out there to like make somebody else like look good or just to get beat up or whatever it was like no like they they trusted me to to be like a, a integral part of that one show like i was challenging for the the heavyweight championship you know what i mean 100%. You got to and walk away. Metal from- had like a long match too. Like that was probably one of the longest matches I've had and one of the best matches I've had. And it was right at the beginning of my uh, uh, my last uh, time that I was training. I mean, I'm really looking forward to like the next time I get to wrestle heavy metal because he's like a barometer for my like what I've learned and stuff, you know? So like. I guess working in RCW, yeah. I've got a couple of questions here before we wrap okay. it up. Sorry. But no, I'm, no, it's totally I, fine. I'm drone on. <laughs> it's totally. Anyway. Dude, so do I. It's totally cool. Um, so who would you say, aside from maybe heavy metal, because you've already talked to him about it in that regard, but when you're working inside of RCW, who are some of the guys in the back that really like, you know, would help you out, get some extra matches in with you before the show, after the show, get some extra reps in, teach you some stuff? Like, do you have some names uh, out there? Um. Well, like I say, it doesn't really work like that. Like we don't get to the show and then practice our matches beforehand. Mm. You know, you know, you maybe get to go over a couple of spots or whatever, but typically, uh, uh, it was you know Michael Richard Blaze was helping me at, at force training. Zoe Seger was there. Uh, Shotgun Sydney, that's uh, Sydney Thompson. Right. Um, Houston Moore, ex game son. He he's actually like he taught me a lot. Which is weird because he's only had like one match, but he's he's like a natural. Um, Sydney Thompson, of course. Uh, but like as far as guys in RCW, yeah, Heavy Metal has uh, helped me go over stuff at before shows and uh, whatnot. Uh, Bryce the Slammer Sova, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's helped me. Sweet Daddy Soul, uh, Barricade Dean Richter, like everybody in RCW is is uh, super cool. Um, you know, I'm not trying to get too inside baseball. Like, you know, any of those guys want to come for my belt and I'll, I'll punch them in the mouth or whatever. But, uh, yeah, no, just as far as like everybody building everyone up, like I think the RCW locker room has like a bad rap, but I, I, I don't get where it comes from because like, sure. Once in a while, there's one or two guys that are like, they're just not, into my gimmick or they're not into my act and, or they don't think I should be a wrestler. Like, but like, it's like my mom says, like, Kyle, you're the kind of guy that's going to listen to that one negative opinion when you got a hundred attaboys coming at you. And so like, I just decided like 
you know, I, I appreciate it when they tell me, okay, you're not good enough because it makes me want to get better. Prove them um, wrong kind of a thing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So like even those people that are, are negative to the situation, like, uh, yeah, I don't like it when it goes t- too far or gets like really like uncomfortable or even unprofessional at times. But like, I do appreciate like having, having somebody to like motivate, like, uh, you know, sooner or later, I would like to change this person's mind, you know? You have them I don't come back and be like, you know what? I was I wrong about you kind of a thing. Or whatever. But like, you know, these are just the realities of such a competitive uh, uh, situation, you know? Oh, yeah. I understand that. So aside from the RCW uh, tag champ, which you are currently in the holder of, and this is a question I've asked all of the different interviews that I've had so far, and this is the one that we'll end with here today. If there was ever a wrestling championship throughout history, and it could be a a belt or a a sword or a shield or whatever it is, because there's been so many different championships out there. um, If you could like be the holder of any belt throughout time, what belt would you love to be like called the Canadian Goose's belt? Oh, geez. I mean, just my like off the top of my head, instant like Rorschach answer would be like the the winged eagle belt, of course. Because like, why not? Why wouldn't you yeah. just want to hold this majestic bird belt, right? <laughs> That's a really good point, actually. That's a great choice. <laughs> or maybe the ECW belt, like the newer silver ECW belt, just because it's like. It's one of those minor belts that like nobody gives a lot of credence to, but it's actually a pretty nice looking belt. Would we ever the, see uh, you in a nice hardcore match? Um, I, I, like I say, I've been in one before. Mm-hmm. Um, I got smacked in the in, in with a chair a couple of times, and it wasn't it wasn't a lot of fun. But yeah, no, like I'm I'm the kind of guy where I'll show up and I'll you know I'll do whatever they want me to do. Um, you know. Uh, I'm sure at some point, probably Vince Austin and myself will end up having a hardcore match or whatnot. Like, uh, he's tried for the tag belts there a couple of times against me with, uh, Dante, yeah, but Dante. Now he's teaming up with, uh, he's teaming up with Slammer, Slammer now. Yeah. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not wishing me and dead zone into a situation where we have to wrestle Slammer and, uh, Vince Austin. Cause no offense to Dante, but the, the one of these things is not like the other and uh and one of these things is know, Vince Austin <laughs> and Slammer are like their their name of their team is the Death Squad right and, you know like so i'm not wishing to wrestle them in a hardcore match or anything but you know Vince Austin might be sookie that i've beaten him twice in tag matches already so you know come after your blood do what kind we have of to do yeah. yeah like uh that like that's part of it too is like I'm the Canadian goose, right? And and I'm teaming up with Dead Zone and like I don't know you you mess with uh, any animal. Like goose is not the most fierce animal in the world, but like they'll stand up to elephants, cows, dogs, people. Like they're in over their head every single time, but they're still they're still ready to fight, you know? 100%. I mean, I've had my own experiences with some angry gooses and I know I don't want to repeat those. So. Oh yeah, no, like I uh, I I was in Calgary and I saw a couple there on the side of the road, so I decided to film this little promo. And I was filming the promo and as soon as I turned off the camera, yeah, I I had gotten a little too close and they started hissing and flapping their wings and stuff. And I was like, "Okay." They were just welcoming you back home, man. They were like, "Bro, oh, yeah." <laughs> all right well thank you so much for joining me here today buddy but before hey, no we problem, do buddy. let you go plug your stuff where can people hear you where can they find you where's your twitter what's your podcast let's hear it all um well the ba- best way to get my attention is on facebook um i'm just kyle shaw on facebook i do have a page there called the canadian goose please go ahead and uh, like my page but realize that i do most of my interactions through just my my normal everyday uh personal page um also instagram i am uh the dot canadian dot goose um also uh twitter i believe is uh monday night shaw and uh when you get to my thing it says i'm the canadian goose on there as well but like i say most of my uh what i do is uh through facebook uh i also sell artwork if you'd like me to draw a picture of your uh pets for you uh, dogs, cats, maybe uh, you're like Joe Exotic and you have a, a live <laughs> tiger in your uh, backyard. I will happily draw a picture of your tiger um, for sure. Um, uh, yeah, so like like I say, uh, Kyle Shaw on Facebook, the Canadian Goose on Facebook, the dot 
Canadian.goose on Instagram and uh, Monday Night Shaw on Twitter. That's awesome. And also, you've got your Monday Night Shaw podcast. Uh, yeah, uh, it's actually, uh, I thought about this the other day. Uh, other than uh, the podcast that Bruce Hart and Bob Johnson do, I'm pretty sure Monday Night Shaw is like the longest reigning Alberta wrestling podcast going right now because uh, the Backbreaker Media, when it's uh, when I, when I first started doing it, the other, the other podcasts was like Kayla J's podcast, Mike the Ref did Quick Calls, um, Tag Struggle had a podcast on there, yeah, and uh, like uh, yeah, Spencer Love hadn't hadn't started up yet, so uh, of those ones I just mentioned, uh, Monday Night Shaw is the only one still standing, so yeah. I haven't cool, even yeah. made my first year yet, which is crazy. I said my first year is next month at this point. So I'm like, whoa. How many episodes do you have? 70. You will be my 75th, I believe, is what it is. Wow. Yeah, no, you've got way more episodes than <laughs> I do. I do it like once every two weeks, though. So Yeah, I had four in the last week. I had a lot of interviews. I was catching up on my week off. So, <laughs> Well, like part of me is I just like I, I am kind of stubborn about wanting to do them in person. Mm-hmm. Um, I With COVID-19 going around now, I, I may have to uh, alter my 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 preferences or whatever but for the most part i like to do them in person so it can be a little hard to line up uh times to get somebody to agree to come and meet you somewhere or oh yeah it can be a lot of it could be a bit of an issue i would also prefer to do the in-person ones but like you said COVID 19 is me but the good news is i'm good trapped here in my basement at the same time i've got a lot of practice trapped here so i'm good with that (laughs) (laughs) hokey dokey all right buddy well yeah yeah yeah. you stay safe i hope you're uh you're your your wife and child are safe and uh yeah i'm really sorry to hear about the situation with your dad oh thank you so that's a super bummer yeah Um, it was a bad week but you know i mean he was happy that i was doing this so i got to make sure i keep doing this yeah man 100 percent my dad actually came to that uh show the one where i i interviewed sweet daddy devastation Oh, really? Oh, that would have been really nice. That was the only time my dad saw me perform. So, Well, thank you so much, buddy. I appreciate you joining me here today, and we will chat with you again really soon. Yeah. Big thank you once again today for Kyle Shaw for joining me here today to talk the Canadian goose and obviously his career up to this point. It's such a great time chatting with Kyle. Such a nice guy. Obviously, you guys all heard it, so you know exactly what I'm talking about. Don't forget to check out his podcast, by the way, the Monday Night Shaw podcast, which is available on the Wincolum Sports Network, which you can find over at wincolumsports.ca. And just go over there and check out his stuff it's really fun stuff i really like kyle and i love his interviews so love that guy anyways if you liked what you heard here today remember to hit that like button and subscribe on whatever podcast app you're listening to this on it also helps out the show immensely if you left us a five-star rating interview if that is what you want to do hope everybody has themselves a fantastic day and continues to you know practice social distancing and stay safe out there have yourself a great day guys and i'll talk to you soon bye Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.